0: I'm Jason from Smoking and Drinking in Space, a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And I'm Rob from Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys who wish they had powers.
1: And we're part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now.
0: Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others.
1: And you can find other cool, awesome, geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 68 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven and I am so happy, so excited he's back. Hello, SP.
0: Back and in the studio, happy to be back and not traveling
1: anymore. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Well, thank you very much, SP, for coming and saving me and and honestly, the listeners and viewers, because that that was a tough gig solo, Steven, show last week. And and I mean tough mostly for our audience having to hear it. I don't know. I think you did great,
0: actually. I didn't know if you were going to record or not. We really didn't discuss it. So I saw you were streaming. And uh, long story short, I didn't know if I was going to be able to even be around at the time. So we it just couldn't have planned a show. But I was in the hotel. I went to go work out. I had my iPad with me. And uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if St- Stephen is streaming the show. I put it on and I was like, OK, yes. So I was able to uh, see. I think I, I I think I came in. I want to say 15 minutes into your stream or something like that. So I didn't see the whole thing. I listened to it later. So I have listen to it i did notice that i was a part of the show in more ways than one i didn't realize i was in the studio with you
1: yeah yeah you definitely were for those audio listeners uh you missed the fact that sp was on the screen i i had him a couple of times there that he was uh he might have been a little frozen but i i had to have my sp uh other direction sp i think that's the way Oh, no, maybe it was the other way. Anyways, that <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But thank you very much for uh, for joining in the live chat. I, I appreciated your support on that. And thank you for the kind words. But uh, it is much better when you and I are talking, especially when you put me in my place. That's the most let's, exciting part.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the, your solo venture, because you really <laughs> did a, a good job, I think, in terms of our format and everything. We don't usually do solo shows. So when either I or you do a solo show, it's a little bit more taxing on both of us because we just don't get into it very much. I think one of the keys to doing a solo show, especially a solo streaming show, which I wouldn't advocate a a new novice podcaster to do, but I think one of the keys is preparation and you had topics ready to go. We do take questions during this show in our chat room, but you were prepared with topics ready to go and you knew what you were going to say about the topics. I think that is probably the most important thing about doing a solo show.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. It's been a long time since I've I've taken the leap of faith into the solo show world, and um, I definitely did prep, prep. I had a bunch of things ready. Obviously, I rolled with the chat room as as things came up, but having I probably mapped out my thoughts a little more than I usually do when it's just you and I. Normally, it's a couple of with this show, we have a couple of points. Obviously, on the main show, we we really think out our points, but for this one here with our discussion, it's usually more high level stuff. But I think I I went a little more in depth with it, where I wanted to go with it. And honestly, as I was I was recording last week, I did trim out some of it as well. There's stuff that was in the document that I just didn't get to, and I just kind of felt like what was natural. And and it was tough though. It, it, when I'm when I'm so used to bantering with you, it was tough. And I I, I will. You know, I'll admit I I have a show floating idea and I've made this very clear actually to lots of people before that I don't have the capacity right now to do another two person or or multi person show. I don't have the ability to rely on that schedule every single week, but I do have a, a show idea in mind that would be a solo show, but it's different. I think when you plan a solo show. As opposed to this one here where we have a certain tone that is conversational, right? And, and you're you're trying to put the solo show into a conversational format. And so yeah, without being too jarring, at least that was sort of how I felt last week while I was doing it. So I am very, very glad to be having conversation with you again this week. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: another thing that I've done in the past, I think you've done in the past is we brought a guest on the show to take place of your co-host if it's normally a co-hosted show and your host is out that's definitely something you can do in your particular case i'm just guessing i'm just throwing this out (laughs) there knowing the situation you probably didn't know if you were going to podcast or not so you didn't want to lock yourself into having a co-host on a guest on where you didn't know you were going to even stream or record
1: yeah uh things have been a little dicey sometimes with recording times we had to shift them a couple of times and and that's the thing that I'm cautious about right now is that that's that is a possibility for me a lot right now. And so um I didn't want to risk saying, hey, so and so we're going to record on Wednesday and then something comes up in my personal world and I was having to bail on them. So that's where I just decided to do the solo cast. And although I had a bunch of topics in there, I didn't actually plan on going a half hour or an hour. I planned only about half an hour, but there was a lot of good people talking in the chat room and I, I like talking to our chat room. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Even when it's not this show and it's the main show and we're not bringing that conversation into the podcast, I enjoy talking to our chat room. I really like that aspect of live streaming. It's just fun to talk to, even if it's, you know, a lower turnout week. It's just fun to talk to the people as we're recording.
0: I was going to bring that up, so I'm glad you did. (laughs) I don't have much more to add to that other than to pinpoint and and just to say the foot stomp actually that a live chat room can really help a live solo show if that's the sort of stuff that you're in for and i'm not talking about like talking to your audience for monetary reasons to get in those super chats or whatever and then giving shout outs as you're going along i'm just talking about back and forth talking about the subject and if you do have a large audience You can't really respond all that much to a chat room unless you have a chat room monitor or somebody that's dedicated to looking at the chat room and bringing up comments as they're coming up, either in bulk, like a bunch of people are saying something or whatever. But that's a whole different topic. We're talking to hobby (laughs) podcasters, most of which are just happy to have somebody in the chat room, let alone too many people in the chat room. I find it distracting myself Mm. because I'm not capable of multitasking like you are, but at the same time we're here to answer questions. So every once in a while, you got to look at the chat room and, and see what's going on. So yeah, I kudo. I want to give kudos to our audience for helping you out as they've helped me out in the past (laughs) of uh, doing the solo show. So thank you very much. And I, I think that's the bulk of my comments on your solo show, unless you have anything else you wish to say.
1: No, I have nothing else to say other than the fact that, um, you know, there's I have a newfound appreciation for some of those gamer streamers out there which are managing to play a game, commentate on on their gameplay and also simultaneously try to keep an eye on a chat room like that. That's a lot like, you know, I can barely even, uh you know, play a game properly.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I was thinking about right before I went on this trip was I want a new Xbox Series X. Oh, yeah. I, I th- I'm i at the point where yeah. they're available. They're not for sale necessarily, but games are coming out that you can only plan them, like Starfield. And I'm like, eh, it looks like a decent game. I might want to check it out. Oh, I got to get an <laughs> Xbox Series whatever. So I, as we talked about in the Gonna Geek Show, I want to get an Xbox Series X because it has the disc player in it mm-hmm. versus the Xbox Series S. Uh, so I might have one in the upcoming days why it's important for this conversation is i took an xbox one s with me and i was able to connect it to the hotel wi-fi so that's a little tease we'll talk about that in a second but i do want to run down some things that you had in your solo show last week okay including at the very end you had a question about sd cards I you did. wanted to know how many people were like SP and continually bought new SD cards or how many people just let it roll on their original SD cards. And I didn't see any answers to that in our chat and our discord or online anywhere. So since it was at the end of the show, I just wanted to bring it up at the top of this show and ask our audience, what is your use of SD cards? And Steven you can probably chime in here and say exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, for the
1: I, I'm just curious whether people have a certain limit on how long they will uh, run their SD cards before they replace it, or are they just going until it dies? Because SD cards will die with time and, you know, after so much use and everything. And people have lost podcasts before. And and I will admit, I probably gamble more than than I I should by running my SD cards longer, but I'm just kind of curious. What are people looking for or what are people's sort of parameters before they decide it is time to replace their SD card?
0: All right. So that's open to everybody. Please come into our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord into the Better Podcasting channel and let us know how you utilize your recording device and SD cards. Uh, the other thing that you brought up you asked a question of people of which streaming platform do they prefer to view st- their streams on I want to answer this because there's a reason why I do use this I know you asked it for a specific reason but I'll just start it off I want to see my streams on YouTube the reason is is I can speed it up after I pause for any reason. If I have to go to the bathroom, if I, if somebody comes to the door, if I have to answer a phone call, you know, if the dog's barking and I want to know what the dog's barking at, all those sorts of things. If I pause it and I come back, I feel like I miss, or if I don't pause it and I come back, I feel like I miss stuff. If I'm able to pause it and then come back, I can then speed it up to 1.25, 1.5, uh, up to 2x speed. And then I'm able to catch up to where the stream is. And the fact that it's multi-platform, I can get it wherever. Twitch, I can't get... Twitch is not on the Roku, and a lot of my devices attached to TVs are Roku. So for me, YouTube is preferable for those two reasons. Uh, The second reason is quantifiable because of the devices I have attached to screens. But uh, those are my reasons why... No other reason. I mean, I even stream to Twitch myself for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as YouTube. So I don't have a dog in the fight as to if one's really better than the other for my audience. Just me personally, I like YouTube.
1: I am right there with you. And I will admit that even though the Gonna Geek Live page has for a very long time had the Twitch embed as the primary embed, When I am watching something, I am right there with you with YouTube for the exact same reasons you've just mentioned. 100% agree. All
0: right. And then you mentioned the feedback from the Patreon retool of the fact that I couldn't find the memberships and it was like some star thing in the top right-hand side of the app. I'll just point out that I wasn't able to determine where the heck that stuff was. It wasn't intuitive to me. I think that says everything about the platform redesign that i i just didn't know i did i was like okay where's these memberships i don't know if that little star thing was up there before or not but when damien mentioned i think it was damien when damien mentioned that's what it was i clicked on him like okay there it is but i didn't know that until then and i i felt very frustrated with the uh redesign i am that old guy that almost cannot reprogram his vcr i
1: was gonna say it's 12 o'clock in your house isn't it sp (laughs) blinking
0: boom boom
1: boom uh yeah so i agree with you if there's an intuitive issue or an issue with in the intuitive nature of it or lack thereof yeah they, they probably should look into that if that was there and you missed it So um, the other thing, by the way, is uh, in our chat, Damien does just following up to the prior point, does say he's almost always listening on YouTube when he makes it live. Listening or watching? Well, he's saying listening, and I imagine he's probably driving. I think he probably hit play on it and is driving. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, it's close to quitting time out in the West Coast. So, yeah, I mean, it's quitting time for you, obviously, (laughs) because you're home.
1: Or maybe you're at work. I don't know. <laughs> the green screen, you can't tell. Oh, he's at work still today. So. Okay, so
0: he's probably still listening, yeah. Uh, a question for you, Damien, if you're still listening. are you? Do you have the YouTube premium where you can play a video and then close your screen and it still plays? Or do you have the screen on the entire time? Because that's how i I'm, I'm cheap. I don't have YouTube premium. So I'm just curious if other people do it that way. Okay, let's get into the travel a little bit and why I couldn't be on the show last week. Uh, By the way, Damien says he's a longtime YouTube premium subscriber. But the reason why I couldn't be on the show last week, yeah, last week, not next week, is because I didn't know about my schedule and I didn't know about the hotel Wi-Fi. Uh, Steven and I have traveled and we've streamed and we've podcasted before, but... Wi-Fi is a little bit sketchier, especially if you're going to a hotel. And this is the first time that I've traveled for work since 2019, since before the pandemic. So this is my first time, not my first time traveling, because I've done it for personal reasons, but my first time traveling for work. And I was going to a hotel that I had never been to before. So I get to a hotel and I'm really curious about the Wi-Fi. So I connect to Wi-Fi. We'll get into why in a second. And then I do a speed test and it says... Believe it or not, it was 50 down and 70 up when I first tested it. Like, okay, but that was on a non-peak hour, right? So the next night, I got there on Monday and very late on Monday, but Tuesday, I got there after work and I was going after dinner and I was going up to work out and I was like, okay, I'd, I'd like to take my iPad with me and stream, I forget what, it, what I think I was streaming the wild game, the Minnesota wild game on ESPN+. Plus. And I just take my iPad and the thing was buffering like big time. And I was I thought it was the fact that I was moving around with the iPad. Like I took it from my room and I went to the workout center and I was watching the game the whole time. It's going from node to node to node to node. To node. For those that don't know how hotel most hotels are, they have little nodes along the way, kind of like a mesh Wi-Fi system. But it's its a little different because it's a commercial system. Anyway, you can buffer because you're disconnecting and reconnecting as you're going along the way. And I thought maybe that's what it was. I get to the workout center. I'm the only one in the workout center. I'm the only one on that floor and I'm still buffering. I'm like, what the heck? It was, t- it was the 16th floor, by the way, top floor on the hotel. Yeah, and Stephen. for those that are listening, don't know this, but Stephen just put a buffering uh, um, uh, video thing uh, over my face. Anyway, it was like that, except for it was a circle, right? And it was running round and round and around. And I was like, ah, so I did a speed test and this is definitely during prime time. And it was, it was miserable. It was like two down and it was like one and a half up or something like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to. I did take my podcast gear with me. I swore I wasn't going to, but I was like, "Well, maybe if something happens and I, I have to step in on something, might as well." So I had it with me, but not at those speeds. There's no way, especially on a video show. There's no way that I'm going to do it then. And I had paid for the the higher the the $14.99 a night uh, Wi-Fi access because I just wanted to to test it all out. And there's just too many people. The hotel was packed and there's too many people and there was the difference the hotel wasn't packed the first night it was packed the second night it was a conference hotel so there's a Marriott Sheridan brand so that for those that don't know the Sheridan is their brand they have a lot of conferences and meetings and you can have parties there receptions you know everything like that it's meant to be that sort of hotel they have huge Huge meeting rooms that they can turn into banquet halls or whatever, and so that's where I was staying. And there it was packed because uh, there was an event. I-, I went to Washington D.C. and there was an event that people came out for that. And um, I just was having problems streaming the freaking game, so it was going to be a no go. And I think Stephen, that's the crux of po- like hobby podcasters on the road. You just never know what kind of Wi-Fi you're going to run into.
1: Yeah, when I was traveling a lot, I, I'll admit I was pretty fortunate. I, I did have some issues, um, but the places I stayed more often than not, I was able to reliably get half decent Internet. And um, I, I tried to play things the best that I could with with um the the bandwidth but the biggest thing that i i had was i was basically still controlling things from home i had set things up so that i was remotely controlling the main (laughs) the main stuff so i was really only
0: remember once where you had your wife go down to the to the mixture look you need to turn it off and on again
1: (laughs) yeah i forgot about that um and i think that that alleviated some of my bandwidth concerns um and I believe I used to to primarily stream myself in a poor quality thing, but I, I still recognize I was I was pretty fortunate. And it's it's crappy when you've got crappy Wi-Fi and you're trying to do something like podcasts. So I I don't blame you for not doing it. Um and honestly, I think you deserved the week away from me, anyways.
0: <laughs> well, I mean every week. I deserve <laughs> a week away from So the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, how I connected. Now, if I wasn't a hobby podcaster, if I was traveling quite a bit, I would probably have a travel router, which means or a a travel um, Wi-Fi spot where, you know, it's like a cell phone, but it's just for Wi-Fi. I mean, people still sell that and you can get pretty decent speeds depending on where you are and, and what the cellular network is around where you are. I don't have a need for one, so I just don't do that. What I do have, though, is I have what's called a travel router. And a travel router is just this small little puck, basically, that you can plug into the wall and you can connect it to the Wi-Fi and then you can connect everything to it. There's lots of benefits to this. One of the benefits is it's a little increase in security. I mean, if you're dealing with a serious hacker, they're going to get into your stuff anyway. But it is a, a firewall of sorts, especially if you're not broadcasting the SSID for it that uh, somebody is gonna have to go that extra step to get into it. Like I said, if you're dealing with like like the 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 uh, the, the chief of the NSA hackers getting into <laughs> you, you, they're gonna get into you, right? But if you're just dealing with somebody that's trying to get your credit card information, that's that's another thing. So you plug it in, and then you log into the router. And you connect to the router with whatever Wi-Fi it is. And then you connect that router to the hotel Wi-Fi. Now, here's where it gets dicey. And it's gotten dicier since we, you turned me on travel routers, I don't know, five, six years ago. It's gotten dicier since we first started. And the problem is they don't want you to be able to do what I just mm-hmm. did. They they want to connect direct to your device. They want They don't want you to have a node that you can connect multiple devices to and then just go back and forth with one connection to their internet, much like you do at your home with your own router and and your uh, modem. They just don't want you to do that. You can put the travel router in different modes, you can connect it directly to a a uh, hard line and you can connect it that way. You don't have to go over Wi-Fi. Generally, hotel rooms these days don't have Cat5 or Ethernet available anymore. Generally, it's, it's all Wi-Fi, so you have to go with it. So what I had to do is I had to log in to the hotel Wi-Fi on my laptop. So I'm connected to the hotel Wi-Fi. Then I changed the Wi-Fi to the travel router, and then I tried to connect back to the hotel and it let me in and it let me in, and it now has the travel router as the point of entry into the system versus my laptop. Then I can connect everything to that travel router, and then I can get into the internet with any device that's Wi-Fi compatible that I have. Like, I have a travel, believe it or not, I have a travel Echo that, uh, you know, Amazon. I have one that I take with me. I got a case, and uh, I stream... um, ocean sounds at night for, um, ambiance to to help me sleep at night. So I have that for that reason, but since it's there, I also use it for like, Hey, what's the weather, you know, that sort of stuff, or what's the score of the game, that sort of stuff. You can't connect a Amazon smart device to hotel Wi-Fi any other way. So that, that's just one thing. Another thing that I brought is I've got a little Roku stick. Oh. And I'm able to connect that to most TVs. Some TVs, you know, hotels are making this harder too. Yeah. Is the, the uh, access to the HDMI ports and then being able to switch the TV to those HDMI port- ports. It took me a few hours to figure all this out with this TV, by the way. It was wall-mounted. And the the remote with menus was a problem. I actually went so far as to order a new remote that was specific to that TV that I was going to have delivered to the hotel so that I could switch the inputs, right? <laughs> and then I finally figured out how to switch the inputs through the menus on the TV. And I canceled the order because I'm like, I don't even know this is going to show up, but I'm going to try it. Uh, so I finally got that uh, capable of, of connecting to the Roku. And I was able to stream to my Roku so I could watch YouTube TV, my YouTube TV, which includes my DVR. I could watch Netflix, I could watch everything I wanted to and I didn't have to go through their system. You know, some hotels are set up though where you log into your account and they they supposedly wipe it, but they get all that information, right? From a security uh, perspective of what you're watching and what your logins are and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not going to give that to anybody. So a travel router helps with that and then as I mentioned before, I brought my Xbox One S with me, and I was able to play DVDs, and I wanted to play Mass Effect on it. I just never had the time to do it. I was just doing this to see if it could still be done, and it could. The problem with the Xbox, and you'll everybody that's played Xbox will know what I'm talking about, is I updated it at home. I drove eight hours i plugged it in and there was another update in the eight hours since i left the house there was another update so it had on our hotel wi-fi it had to go through the update and it it made it through the other problem with a hotel or wi-fi and connecting it via a travel router if you do this for podcasting is most of the time you're going to have to re especially if you're using the free version you're going to have to reconnect Every day. Mm -hmm. So, what I did with the laptop, you're going to have to, and it's going to change from time to time. What I did with the laptop might not work for you. You might have to find another way to do it. But there is a time where it cuts off and then it starts again. And I don't know what that time is. It could be checkout time, 11 o'clock. It could be one o'clock in the afternoon because that's when it's in the middle of the checkout, check in period, whatever. So, if you're lucky, they'll let you connect for X amount of days. If you're not, you'll have to reconnect every day, which is what I had to do. So while I was at work during the day, it disconnected. And then I came back to the hotel room at night and I had to reconnect every day. But I didn't have to reconnect all my devices. I only had to reconnect the travel router and then everything connected. So if you're podcasting and you have Wi-Fi connected devices to use with podcasting and you have okay Internet. These travel routers, and we'll put links in the show notes to the travel routers that we use, they're pretty effective if you can connect them. And they're not the best routers in the world. They're not like two gig capable or whatever, but they're good enough to deal with on the road if you're podcasting and you're on the road and you want to connect multiple devices for podcasting.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, One of the things that I know I'd seen start to come up towards the end of my regular travel was um i believe there was travel routers that supported uh what was it called i think it's captive portal captive portal exchange or something like that where basically that helps with that page login um essentially it helps helps you acknowledge that you, you when you go to a hotel a lot of times they want you to acknowledge an agreement on a web page and basically yes. that, that helped during the setup, uh, I acknowledge that. And I, I don't remember the specifics on how it worked, but um, I, I believe that was starting to come up because I was looking, I, I think I was looking to replace my travel router for that reason, but um, I ended up stopping traveling. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I forget what you, do you use Do you use Chrome sticks or Roku's or what? Do you I, have a set top box device that you
1: use? It was a long time since I traveled, but um, I used to use, I believe it was a fire stick I would bring with me. Yeah.
0: Okay, fire stick. That's a good example, yeah. right? So you take a fire stick, a 4K fire stick with you, and you plug it in. You cannot connect no. to hotel because you cannot go through that acknowledgement. All you can do is enter the password. It won't bring up a web page for you to be able to connect or, or for you to be able to acknowledge that agreement or put in your name or room number or whatever it is that they have for the access stuff so that is why the travel router is so important if you want to bring your own devices to stream to connect for podcasting to play games i mean not a lot of people do that but the people that want to do it 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 matters like you can still game Now, i wouldn't want to game against anybody because the hotel wi-fi is probably (laughs) going to be (laughs) leggy as crap or anything but a lot of these games, a lot of these boxes like the PlayStations and the Xboxes, they have to connect to the internet in order for you to play a game even locally. So
1: I, I will say that a guy that I work with that I used to regularly be on the same business trips with, he would bring his uh, I think it was his PlayStation with him. He would bring it and and had some success. So it can be done.
0: <laughs> well can be done.
1: Anyways, I do not blame you for not podcasting, and um, I also think that uh, it's good, good to hear that travel routers are still possible in this year. I was curious about that because it's been so many years since I've traveled. So, at least there is a possibility. So, thank you for reassuring me of that.
0: It took a minute or two to do it. I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it through a mobile device. I had to use the laptop to do it.
1: All right, before we uh, move into another point here, um, I just wanted to quickly mention a, a change with Twitch because you brought up at the beginning of the show that I was curious where people are, are liking to stream to and um or, or watch from, I should say. And uh, we're not streaming on, on Twitch anymore, or at least <gasps> not this week. We're not. This week, we're not because Twitch made an announcement, which is probably a good thing for creators overall. And the summary is that Before, if you were somebody who was streaming on Twitch, you technically weren't allowed to stream on multiple platforms, but it really only mattered as far as if you were one of their partners where you were making money off of it. Um, And that's why a lot of the people who are making money off of that were only streaming to one specific platform being Twitch. They just had it in their agreement. Well, they've changed that. They're saying that you're now actually allowed to multi-stream. So they're saying that... If you're streaming to Twitch and you're also wanting to stream to YouTube and to Facebook, that's okay. I think that's a very modern approach, and I think that's very smart. I think that they probably were starting to do themselves more harm than good by banning that, but they have put in their acknowledgement that um, there's actually a few different conditions about this, but I'm just going to get into the one key one, which is, quote, you do not use third-party services that combine activity from other platforms or services on your Twitch stream during the simulcast such as merging chat or other features to ensure that Twitch community is included in the entirety of the experience of your live stream end quote and the way a lot of people are interpreting this is the idea of we've talked about it before we use a service called restream which when you post in one chat it cross posts to another so if someone's in our discord and they post a message right now it will actually use a bot to then post that into youtube and it would also do to twitch as well but is that just the nature of it? Or is it more than that? Right now on stream, while we are live streaming, we have on our, our our video, we have a little summary. And this is not unique to us by any stretch of the imagination. This is on many, many live streams. You can actually see the live chat happens, which includes all those other locations. And technically, that is merging the chat because it is merging the chat. Even if if there was no actual cross... Posting between the two, it is merging chat rooms on screen and thereby being uh, included in the simulcast. So I've just kind of decided that at least for live chat and probably for going to geek show um, not to do Twitch, maybe when we get back to better podcasting main show and we don't have it on screen, maybe I'll go back to Twitch then or I'll just wait to see how this shakes out because if something ends up happening, they say, no, 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 it's not on screen. It's only the cross posting of posts then then yeah i'd probably fire that back up but most of the people were back over to youtube for a while a lot of people were watching us on twitch but in the meantime i'm just i'm just going to stay off twitch for now cuz i don't want to risk having my account banned not that i have like a billion followers or anything i just don't want to lose my account that's all
0: yeah i wasn't going to remove myself from twitch for legends of shield but now you got me double thinking it especially losing the account piece like all the accounts that I follow, all the accounts that follow me, losing that, it would just kind of suck. So you, you get me thinking about that. And then both of us, we don't have like a secondary account. We don't have an account that's just better podcasting. It's our personal accounts that we use for streaming on Twitch. So I don't want to lose that. Don't want to lose the capability and I don't want to lose, which I mean, I could just get a new account, right? And, and just go that way. But it's, it's more like, I just don't want to lose the connections that I've made. Minimal for me, I'm not a power Twitch user, but still, you know, the, the one person that follows me, thank you, mom, by the way, (laughs) I, I don't want to lose that connection.
1: Well, I look at things like even as simple as the handle, right? Would you want to lose Stargate Pioneer?
0: Yeah, that's been my branding, even though I don't go by that name anymore yeah. personally. Yeah, it's the branding, so yeah, that'd be tough to lose.
1: So, anyways, I just wanted to mention that right now. Um, that's that's the core of my contributions to this episode because I said I, I'd mostly let you talk to save the listeners. I have a couple other things. Man. We'll see if we get there.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about backblaze for an instant because I'm I'm curious about this because you had an issue with it.
1: Not really, no. It wasn't backblaze. It was uh, it was actually backblaze saved me. Was basically what it was. Ah, so so how you're, I
0: saved my podcast. Exactly. Okay,
1: it, it in theory saved me. Not verified yet. So um, I didn't actually have an issue with backblaze. But what I had happened was um, on the heels of all of that discussion last week about um, backing up DaVinci Resolve's database, I was wondering how exactly does DaVinci Resolve end up... And by the way, I can't believe you you just roped me into talking more. you just sneaky. See, I said you were sneaky. There you go right there. But no, I... I I'm a spook and a <laughs> spy. Yeah, I know how to do this. Uh, so DaVinci Resolve, we were talking last week about how there's the database that's in there. And... um, uh, It was Scatmaker, I believe, was saying, you know, it's a good idea to back that up before you do updates. Well, when I was editing DaVinci Resolve, or in DaVinci Resolve, I accidentally overwrote one of my project files. I was an idiot. I ended up um, accidentally overwriting Better Podcasting Live Chat 66 project with Better Podcasting 67, and I hadn't done the process that I've been talking about which is exporting the individual project file. I had forgot to do that for 66. So in theory, Backblaze should be able to save me because I went and I looked to see where the DaVinci Resolve database was stored. And I found on Windows, it's stored under the app data for the user slash roaming slash Blackmagic design slash DaVinci Resolve slash support slash Resolve disk database. And within all of that, are the files that are in there. And if you're on Mac, it's on the slash library slash application support slash Blackmagic Design slash DaVinci Resolve database. So slightly shorter on the Mac. But I looked at Backblaze and I went in and I changed the date on my Backblaze database because I I can go back. Um, I have I pay for the actually you don't even have to pay for it anymore. I think that it's now included. Um, But I was paying for the one year retention. So I set the date to a previous date of when I overwrote it. And I did see in that folder, I did see an indication of live chat 66. So in theory, I should be able to pull that down. Now, I started to do the process of downloading. And then my weekend just completely got away from me. And I forgot to actually go and look. And then we were about to record. And I'm like, oh, wait, I was going to go back and see if it actually worked. But I did see all the files in there. And so hopefully I'll be able to report back at some point. And I'll, I don't know that I'll follow up on here, but in our Discord at least, hopefully be able to recover my editing that I did for 66, which wasn't much, but I just like to keep those project files.
0: Right, because you never know if you got to go back and, and redo something. Like maybe there's some topic that we discussed in 66 that is relevant again in the future. And you want to take that clip out like two years from now and then insert it into our future show. It's nice to go back to that original project versus like the final file or downloading a file from YouTube or something like that. Absolutely. I think it's worth keeping and holding on to that sort of stuff. From time to time, I think the biggest thing that I do is I overwrite maybe the draft show notes you mm. know, before I post them. I either use Microsoft Word or I use Notebook or Notepad to write the show notes. And sometimes I just oversave them without changing the file name so i lose that all that work it is possible using the time machine on backblaze to go back and and get that so i i do enjoy the possibility of doing that is it all that important for the show notes no but like a draft or a project file yeah that that would be a little bit more important for me to go back and, and grab it's just my two cents there yeah So I got a question for you. I mean, okay, quest. We we've been going for a while, and what I have to, I have two things left to cover. Okay, either one of them is probably going to take the rest of the time here. So you can see them in the show notes. Either it's a blind marketing email or it's a draft (laughs) blog post. Okay, so which one? you want to do uh, give you the option
1: i think i know you've asked our, our live chat let's just let that simmer for a minute see if we get anybody in there and while we're doing that i will quickly recap a couple of pieces of listener feedback which which is not me it's just it, it's our listeners i'm highlighting our listeners i don't want to talk okay. but i'm highlighting the listeners uh we had damien give me an android podcatcher recommendation he said podcast addict Uh, We had, um, in regards to the terms of service change on Twitch, we had Scatmaker say that he actually does believe that it probably will be banning all visual alerts as well. That's the way he's reading it, and that's his interpretation of it. And um, I think that, you know, that's time will tell whether or not we see that or not. But uh, it's nice to see that I'm not alone in interpreting it as possibly a visual ban as well. And then we had Podcast Mirror come up. Uh, Podcast Mirror no longer being free. We talked about that a few few weeks ago. I think it was September or something. And uh, we had Yako say that he had three accounts with Podcast uh, Mirror with three email addresses, and none of them got a notice about it turning no longer free. And apparently, there was a notice that went out because Zach said that he did get a notice about Podcast Mirror. No longer being a free service, so it looks like um, it looks like maybe some people didn't get that, or there was something in perhaps the way they crafted their email that got to spam filters or something. I'm not sure, but you know, three different email addresses, uh, none of them getting a the hit for Yako. Um, as far as uh, informing that podcast mirror was no longer free. Um, yeah, I think that that's really interesting.
0: You know if blueberry was profitable enough, they could take the hit on this as like a loss leader of hey, this will get you into our ecosystem same way they do powerpress. you don't pay for powerpress, do you
1: no no
0: and that's that's also in the same company of uh, same group of companies that actually promotes that so I think if blueberry in general was what's the um Raw Voice Media if Raw Voice Media was profitable enough i think they could let podcast mirror out without it being paid and i think there's some benefit for the company for that first of all it gets you in their ecosystem second of all it is a pass through so you do get access to some data i would think you could write it so the code would would ping back back to the blueberry servers or whatever so there is that possibility at some point, kind of like Audacity, when Audacity went, was which purchased basically, and then the people that took it made you sign a waiver or whatever that would ping back data for them. And everybody's like, oh, privacy. And so I think Podcast Mirror could be done that way. But because Rob Voice Media is either greedy or is not as profitable as it used to be. They can no longer make it free. So they it's a product. A lot of people are using it. So they're sending it out. And it's specifically, if you didn't catch our conversation before, Podcast Mirror is now capable of having the new Podcasting 2.0 uh, assets to it. So you can do the value for value for it, which is why I really think Podcast Mirror is not free anymore because people are using it to get paid. And because it has the podcasting 2.0 capability and not all like media hosts, like the main better podcasting show is on Libsyn, Libsyn does not support podcasting 2.0 tags. Mm. So if you wanted the tags and you didn't want to leave Libsyn, you would have to use some other means to do it. And in this particular case, you would have to use the podcast mirror RSS or, or something else that had podcasting 2.0 tags with it.
1: By the way, I had thought when this came up in our discord that I might have at some point signed up for a podcast mirror account to try an NCA. And my recollection was right. I went and I looked and I did have an account. And now here's the thing. There was only one RSS feed that I had in there as a trial. It is showing as unactivated. I guess there must be a way to deactivate it or this show that I had it testing. I can see that the URL would be dead. But The main podcast mirror account is is tied to an email address. That's how I logged in to the account was was through that. And I searched my emails and I see no signs of it. Now, that's not to say there isn't something that came up and it, it looked like spam or something. Or maybe they're, you know, only emailing the individual shows. But the fact that I'm not seeing one right away is interesting to me, even if the feed was deactivated. I I do have an account. So anyways, I just found that interesting. I didn't see the email either.
0: Okay. Well, I never signed up for it, so I didn't see the email. So anyway, Podcast Mirror, uh, I I question why it was rolled out, how it was rolled out. I question all of that about it. I would think if you are using the podcasting 2.0 tags that you could split your Satoshis, your boosts as it was. And for those that don't know, Satoshis are like a, a small percentage, think of it as a penny to a Bitcoin dollar sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so I think you could split a Satoshi with Blueberry or raw voice media or wh- whoever actually owns the podcast mirror in terms of a uh, corporation. I'm pretty sure you could do that. So having everybody pay $60 a year, which is discounted the first year to 50, but they say it is 60, right? Mm-hmm. That, It's. It just tells me that, um. Yeah, blueberries, blueberries stretching. They they're doing a fee for service because there maybe blueberry itself is not profitable anymore. I don't know. And the I do know.
1: Oh, I was just saying. The last piece of feedback we had was, uh, I you know I knew you would want to hear about this because I'm an idiot and and I can't believe it never occurred to me sooner and I I, and I feel like you'll appreciate this sp. I
0: do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so last week, already. I, I made a comment about how I, I didn't understand how people were, were so easily getting the right O for road. You know, the little O with the slash, right? Right. Right. Yeah, Josh Liston, Liston pointed out to me that all you do on, on iPhone and Apple devices, and I checked Android the same way, you hold the O down and it pops up as a secondary yeah. character. I'm like, oh, of course, right? You know, not everybody's on a keyboard or mouse. <laughs> yeah, I heard
0: you talking about it. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I think, yeah. That was super yeah, simple. You hold it's, down it's the right o. there. How,
1: how simple is that?
0: <laughs> that's, that's pretty, yeah, yeah, to get those alt keys in. Yeah. I'm
1: an idiot. So thanks, Josh. Thanks for uh, making sure I knew that. I appreciate that. And, and just to be clear, he did not call me an idiot. I called myself an idiot. and uh, He should
0: have called you an he,
1: idiot. He should have. He should have, yes.
0: Yeah, it would have been more entertaining. All right. So since I'm not getting any real feedback from, well, I mean, we, we got a feedback from Johnny, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting any other feedback. So between the draft blog post and the email. So I'm just going to go with the draft blog post.
1: Okay. I was going to pick that one anyways.
0: Okay. Have you seen, I put a link to it. Have you seen the uh, draft? Have you brought it
1: up? Would you like me to say yes to help the conversation? Because I could.
0: (laughs) All right. So what happened is a former co-host of mine who's still a podcaster uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, SP, when I started with you, you sent me a guide on how to start podcasting. Could you send me that guide? Because I have a friend who wants to podcast. I was thinking, holy crap. When I sent this to you, I was I did not have any gray in my beard. It was a long time ago. First of all, second of all, I have no I don't have any recollection what I actually sent. So I have no idea. It was probably an email, but I I didn't look it up and I was thinking things had probably changed anyway. So I was like, okay, I am going to write up a new how to start your podcast guide 2023 edition. Who knows? By the time this actually gets published could be a 2024 edition. Anyway, so I did it. And so the first thing I want to ask you, and we'll run down this here. We'll, we'll just, I'm just going to be open with this. Uh, what are the main sections that you would put in a hobby podcasting, how to start a podcast uh, guide, basically? So the first thing, the first topic I put on there is ironically called the topic it was episode 1 a better podcasting i still think it's relevant today i think you have to start your podcast by determining what your overarching theme or your topic is for your show so that's that's the first would you agree with that or is there something else that you would put in front of that now
1: no i i think that the topic is number 1 and and i'll just say the reason why i think so is because The problem that we were trying to address, if I remember correctly, way back when we did that was the fact that there was a lot of people who were like, I want to do podcast and they didn't have focus. They're just like, you know, I talk to friends, we'll just do this. And and it was almost a little incoherent. And I think that's still a thing for hobby podcasters. I think I think it's still very relevant. And I think that most podcasts, even if you are incredible at Improving or ad libbing, some level of direction, some focus. I think there is a broader landscape than when we first recorded that, where I think you have a certain segment of listeners which are more open to conversations that are less structured than back when we started Better Podcasting, but there's still got to be some framework, and that is the topic.
0: Okay, I'm good with that. And then the next thing was your goals. I know that we didn't talk about your goals way back when we started Better Podcasting. We have talked about having podcast goals since then. I think it makes sense to talk about your topic and then what are your goals with the show back to back, because your goals are going to dictate really what you do. We've talked about it before. If your goal is to make money and be the next Joe Rogan, you're going to have dramatically different steps in front of you than if your goal is just to have fun with your buddies. Talking about something. I mean, it sets your expectations. It sets if you're going to be successful or not. And it sets really how long you're going to be podcasting. And some goals could be I just want to talk about this topic for this amount of episodes and then I'm done. A podcast doesn't have to last for 10 years, it can end. And as long as you describe what the goals you wanted to talk about and maybe what are successful. Met, uh, metrics with your show, I think that needs to be an upfront conversation.
1: I would agree with that. And I think that a good example of, of why goals are important now, almost more than ever in podcasting is the way money is leaving podcasting for, for the big business. I know we're, we talked to hobbyists, but you look at all the money that came in to podcasting because they thought that it was going to be hugely profitable. It was going to just be this massive boom that supplemented all other revenue streams for these different companies and whatnot. And they're leaving now because it wasn't meeting their expectations. It basically didn't meet their expected goals of, of the money coming in. And I think that indicates still a little uncertainty with what's happening with the podcast space and some difficulties. And so I think you want to set those accurately. And if you are somebody that's like I do I want to make a huge amount of money off of my podcast, well, you're going to want to look at those examples and you're going to go why didn't they? Why couldn't they make money? Like like what's the case? Or if it is just like I I want to have fun, then you can filter out all that that money noise.
0: Right? And talking about money, the very next thing that I wanted to talk about in this guide is co-host or podcast team agreements, because not everybody is going to be a co-host in the future. Even with hobby podcast, you could have somebody that's your social media manager. You could have somebody that's solely your producer or editor or whatever. So I don't want to just say co-host. Odds are it's going to be a team of one, two or three, but you have to have those agreements. And these agreements are going to cover both what you're paying for as well as what the division of labor is going to be so that there's expectations out there. Uh, Because I've also seen, in addition to what should I podcast about, I've also seen, well, my coach didn't know, they they moved on with life. They didn't know it was going to be so so much work. So they're done with it. And that's fine with a hobby podcast, right? But at least if you have a expectation going into a project, and I think you have to, treat it like a project. It's a massive undertaking. I I think that as long as you have that division of labor and the expectations there, if somebody's not pulling their weight, then you can say, okay, we'll either redistribute that or we're going to drop you from this project and we're going to bring somebody else on. Even if it's a hobby, right? You have to keep your sanity. It's like a band. Everybody has to be involved in a band, even if it's just for having fun and playing at your friend's uh, bar right? And you're not really doing it for money. You're just doing it to to play music. You still have to have an agreement and you have to have an agreement on any possible money coming in. We've talked about this before. We do it on better podcasting. I do it on nearly every other show that I do. Uh, not all of them, but there there's reasons why I just know that it's not going anywhere. And I know I'm going to lay all the money out and I'm going to do all the work from behind the scenes. But I think that's the next thing that needs to be discussed. I know it's kind of early because you haven't discussed exactly how you're going to do things, but I think you need to cover the money part first.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I have now opened your document and I've looked a little bit. Um, I, I could be persuaded to move this a little bit, but I do agree with the concept of it being early on. And um, you you just I want to call something out. You just said something that I don't know. I'm I'm much old, like you mentioned with the gray in your beard. Uh, I am a much much uh, older and much more sleep deprived than a young Stephen Jandre was, and um, so I might be forgetting this. But you just made a point that I think is really Im- a good analogy for this conversation that we've had over the years about team agreements, and it's the idea if somebody leaves, and relating it to a band, if you and I start a band. And you and I, let's say actually there's a few of us. You mean Chris Farrell and Johnny Pennington. We're all in this band together, right? All of us have, have this awesome band together. And we all there and we write some music and we collaborate and everything. And then all of a sudden, Chris leaves us because, you know, He's clearly gonna be the more famous of us. So he's gonna go off on his, clearly. Yeah. his solo career. But meanwhile, he doesn't realize we got we got the Johnny Pennington, and he's gonna bring yeah. in that star power. And meanwhile, we take way off. But Chris has contributed to some of the music we're playing. There are legal ramifications for us continuing to, to, to leverage on his um his creativity. And now that podcasting is so much bigger, and even though, you know, a lot of money is leaving, there's still a lot of money in podcasting. um, I'm, I think that you could be in a predicament, even, you know, with where people are more likely who maybe have left the band, left the podcast to go, no, 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 no. I, I want a cut of that because I came up with the idea of us running this segment on, on this show, and you're still using that. That was my contribution. So I, I like the band analogy and I don't know if we've ever used it before, but I like it.
0: Also use the, the YouTube analogy. So i as I've made no secret, I follow sailing YouTube channels, like no literally way. Really? people that are on small sailboats and whatever. And there's this one guy who has beautiful women come on his boat all the time. Right. And it's his shtick that he gets women to come on and and film them in skimpy bikinis and goes to beautiful places with plush beaches and that sort of stuff and he recently had some women come on his boat and he published like one or two episodes and then all of a sudden you didn't see anything from him for a week and then he posts on his patreon because i'm a patron of his channel he posts on the patreon yeah Just FYI, we're doing a hard reset and it's just me and this person, right? And so the other people are gone and let's just leave it at that. And we are not, uh, we were not meant to be a crew. So I just kind of reached out to him, being, you know, the better podcasting podcaster, uh, having been through some legal discussions before like this on a podcasting team. And I said, you know, if you need a lawyer, I, I don't want to get in your business, but if you need a lawyer, I can I recommend an IP lawyer that has dealt with this sort of stuff before. And that's Gordon Firemark, by the way, just FYI, if you're wondering anything to do with podcasting IP. I would recommend Gordon Firemark. I know he's not the only person in the business, but he has been handling podcasters for a very long time. And I'm sure he could apply some of his stuff to YouTube or recommend a good YouTube IP lawyer. So anyway, I recommend it. I said, if you want one, I can give a recommendation for you. And he, he went into some more stuff that I won't disclose. It, it wasn't, he didn't give me anything juicy or anything. I just don't want to retail the, the entire conversation. And eventually he said, "Yeah, I'll take the recommendation, but i I'm, I'm just not going to have those episodes up anymore. He took the episodes down, and that was concerning to me because I was thinking, in terms of me, if I had a guest come on like better podcasting chats with s p or Legends of Shield, and there was a falling out for whatever reason they say, Take this episode down. I see this all the time on our slash podcasting. People are like, the guest does I didn't have them sign anything. they want to take the uh, the thing down and it, it Provides legal stuff, uh, a legal ramification. So I gave him, I ended up giving him Gordon Firemark's name. He, the episodes did not reappear, uh, but I think he's got it in his back pocket if he needs to use it in the future. And I'm telling every podcaster out there if you need legal rem- uh, a representation, please get the legal rep representation that you need. And uh, if you're Canadian, I think you might need both a US and a Canadian. Lawyer to deal with because I I don't know about those agreements. I'm not a lawyer, I don't know for sure, but I'm just speculating you might want to consult a lawyer on both sides of the border. But anyway, those are the types of things that I I need to cover early on those uh, co host team agreements. The next is format and style, and I would add genre since I wrote this a few days ago. I would add genre either as a different section or part of this section. And it's basically how you're going to actually podcast. It's going to be an interview podcast. You do an audio drama. Is it a role-playing game? Is it a review show on TV and movies? You know, what exactly is your format and style? And that's going to drive a lot of the other decisions that come in the future, like uh, how you're going to record, how you're going to um, publish, how you're going to promote... Uh, how are you gonna do things? Like, do you need a webcam? Do you or not? I mean, that's uh, the sort of thing. Do you need a YouTube channel? Are you doing a quote unquote video podcast? And we're not going to get in that debate right now, but I'll just say it's relevant to say, video podcast. So, yeah, I think that's the next one. And then the next one after that is artwork, and the next one after that is music. So I'll just leave those three out there for you. Do you think that's a good next three steps?
1: absolutely uh and and the thing with the music remember those legal ramifications that we mentioned earlier
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's in there i have dcma t- uh, takedowns and stuff in there and stuff like that so uh, the next three sections i have in order are audio tech video tech if you do it and then preparation and the preparation goes back to the conversation we had at the top of the show so audio tech so you Now into how you're going to actually record video tech, same thing and preparation. It's the preparation for recording is key and you have to start that at some point. So that that's the next three uh, topics that I have.
1: And I think that um, preparation is one of those things where you need to get really granular with it. That's the only thing I want to throw in right now to this conversation, because there are so many different routes that you need to do to to prep yourself even just from a mindset perspective um you know whether it's getting in the mindset to record getting in the mindset of the labor of of um publishing or you know getting in the minds mindset that the people you're co-hosting might be a little different on mic conversation than others uh than than side conversations i think there's a lot of layers to prep
0: and then i will go one two three four five i'll take the next five kind of Combined because I'm not convinced of the order here. I wish I had a sound
1: effect that I could like pew pew after every single one.
0: (laughs) So the next one is recording. So this is how you're actually going to record, whether you do it locally in person on a computer, a recording device, or whether you do it over the internet like we do, whatever. So recording and then editing. And I say why it's important to edit. And then what media hosting are you going to use? I think. If you get a file after you edit, I think this is the point in time that media hosting should at least be considered, uh, and then publishing—how you're going to publish and how you're going to submit. The next one I probably should move that up. It is test episodes. I think maybe after editing the test episode should be, or maybe after media hosting. And this is the best practice where even with a new show, I wish I kind of wish we had done it with better podcasting because that first episode, we we were kind of both feeling each other out, even though we had podcasted together for like five years before that or something like that. Anyway, the test episodes that you should do one to three test episodes, you should get feedback from it and then maybe even go back and record the episode one and, and take it from there or if it's good enough then you can post episode one whatever but that's the the next recording editing media hosting publishing test episodes what do you think
1: i think it's good i see why you might want to think about bringing um episode zero up a little bit i think you might you want to think about it i think early on if that's going to be your recommendation let me come back to that Um. But I I think you want to think about that as you're going through those other steps. But the thing is, you can't really do a test episode until you do those other things that you talk about, like recording and editing, because that's going to be the most realistic test episode is going through all that process. And that includes the cycle, getting in the idea that I plan to publish or to record on this day, publish on this day. This is the amount of time that I have to edit. So I think that. It almost makes sense there, but you could maybe put a note in in prep about prepping for episode zero, and then you could have something like more to come, right? Like I, I think that you could lead into it now. As far as test episodes go, I get what you're saying. I understand there's a lot of benefit to it. I am I I, I am no longer universally on board with the test episodes. And what I mean by that is I think for a hobby podcaster, there is there is a benefit to getting the show out. And I think with the right amount of prep, I think it's okay for certain shows to get them out there, especially if there's some form of engagement from your community. I think there are test things to do ahead of time. I think, especially if you've never podcast before, I think that you, you need to feel the microphone. I think that's a big step for a lot of people. But if you've podcast a bit before, and your podcast is going to bank a lot on interaction with people. I am less sold on it being a hard line on that. But that's my personal take. I haven't expressed it on here. I don't want to get into this today because that's not what, no, what all right. this is. All, this is what this is all about. But no, it uh, kind of is. But I, 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 I so I'm not disagreeing with you because I think there I think there's a lot in the episode zero, the, the test episode philosophy that does apply to a lot of people, especially those who have not podcast before.
0: You know, I'm going to keep the section in there, but I'm going to add a, this doesn't necessarily have to happen. It's, uh, it's a process, especially if you're feeling uncertain about what you're doing. I think it's, um, it's still something that should be in there, but it doesn't have to be. It's not a must do. Matter of fact, none of this, but <laughs> none of podcasting is a must do I and mean, you're your own boss. You can do whatever you want. This is just like to help and uh, to guide you i really not,
1: think that it is important for people who people to think about at the very least and especially if you've not been behind the microphone so i'm not again i'm not disagreeing with the concept of having this block in here by any stretch of the imagination
0: yeah the next block you've already mentioned it but i hadn't mentioned it yet is at, actually doing an episode zero and there's a reason to do an episode zero or a trailer either one There's a reason to do that. I know. I'm sorry.
1: That was me. I threw out episode zero accidentally as test episodes. I don't know why I was saying episode zero. I was thinking about test episodes in the prior conversation. My apologies.
0: Okay, thanks for the clarification. Uh, The episode zero, though, is I think necessary or a trailer, one of the two. And I know some people say don't do a full episode zero. So you're not uh, who cares about who you are and what you're going to talk about? Tell me what you're going to talk about, you know, actually talk about it. So a lot of people don't see the value in an episode zero. Here's what the value is. The value is you're actually publishing something and it's getting out there in the feeds, right? You're actually some at this point, you're actually going to be able to submit your show to Apple podcast, to Spotify and anywhere else that you end up submitting it to. You can't do that without a file and the file has to be more than one minute. So it's either a trailer that's a one minute trailer or it's an episode zero. Why does it have to be a minute? It's because the IAB requires you to have longer than a minute in order for it to count as a download. That's why it's got to be longer than a minute. So episode zero is important. Now you could eventually take it down or a trailer. It doesn't matter. One of the two, whatever you want to call it, whatever you think it is. It's important to get the feeds pumping so that when you do drop your real first episode, it can drop everywhere and you don't have to worry about it appearing on a place like Apple Podcasts two weeks later.
1: You know, the thing that the episode zero that I think um, is also nice to have in there. And if you're a show like us where you go, you know, um, people are mostly listening to the latest your episode zero, your trailer is probably not going to get a lot of traffic. But it is a static point for anybody who might be coming into your catalog from episode one, especially things like storytelling podcasts that you can update with time. And I think that that is that is an aspect that I've never I-, I have not personally done that because most of my sh- my shows have been talking head podcasts where most people are listening from newest. But if I was somebody who was doing something like a storytelling podcast. I don't know exactly what's going to happen years from now as, as that goes. You know, you're going to have blocks of stories mapped out. And I think it's a great static point that if, you know, you know that there's a certain season that there's a different tone, like maybe you're like season one through three is this story. Season four through six is this story or or even, you know, season by season. You can go back to that and you can tease those different areas, those different stories. And you can say, hey, if you really like this type of story, why don't you jump into season three? And it's it's a static place. If you're anticipating people listening from the back that you can update with time.
0: Okay. And then the last two sections are promotion and evaluation. Promotion is something that a lot of hobby podcasters, especially don't really put a lot of emphasis on. They put a lot of emphasis in creating the content and getting the content out they put a lot of emphasis on uh, actually just getting the link out on social media. But the, there's a whole aspect to promotion, which I think is is not utilized by a lot of podcasters. They think that you just get the podcast out there and people are going to find it. Not so. It's not so for uh, podcasts that are corporate podcasts. It's not so with, uh, uh, monetized podcasts. It's not so with hobby podcasts, you have to promote it in order to grow, especially if that's your stated goal. So, I mean, if you're just using a podcast for a daily diary, I mean, I guess who cares, right? But if you want it to grow and if you want it to reach people, you're going to have to promote and so that is a whole section. It's probably what's in the document right now is probably not good enough. I'm probably going to have to add a lot of stuff into it. But I think that needs to be an emphasis section at the end. And then the evaluation piece, we've talked about it before on this show. We have talked about promotion too. But uh, the evaluation piece is literally, okay, is this working? Is this not working? What do I need to change? And you should do it on some sort of periodic basis.
1: Okay, so back to the promotion. You said a lot of people don't promote don't promote, so they'll publish but not promote. Can we flip that? Can we promote without publishing?
0: I think you can, not especially if you do seasons like an audio drama and you only have like six episodes. You can drop six episodes and then promote for the next two years and then drop another six episodes. I think that's possible.
1: I, I would agree with that. Now, can we just never publish?
0: <laughs> I think then you are growing your social media channels at that point. <laughs> Or you're throwing a lot of useless money away to like Overcast or Spotify or Apple or Buzzsprout or wh- wherever you're actually promoting.
1: So as I admitted, I, I have not read this in depth. I've I've skimmed it as we've been uh, as you've been recording here. And, and I have to say that there's a lot of really good information in this. And um, I definitely tip my hat to you for putting all of this together. It looks like it was a lot of work for you to do. Uh, there's a lot of good content in here. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, po- you know, people can podcast in the order or, or do these things in the order or do things how they want. Like that's that is a thing. But this gives people who are new to podcasting or maybe even people who want to sort of think outside their current box a way that they can they can bounce some ideas even off themselves. Right. Like, look at these and whatnot. And um I think that this benefits a lot of people, and and I gotta say, like you know, if eh, I know that you're probably not likely to do this, but you know, if you if you wanted to offer it for a few bucks as as something someone could buy, I think that it, it would be worth a few bucks. I think that that there's a lot of good thoughts in here. You know, obviously, if you were selling it, you probably some there'd be some changes and whatnot. Probably, I assume, just because most of the time when anybody sells anything, they they take a little bit different approach, but. I'm not saying you have to. I think there's a lot of really good things in here for people to think about. And I am always thoroughly impressed with the way you are able to get so comprehensive advice and feedback to people who reach out to you. So I tip my hat to you, SP.
0: Thank you. Uh, So the original intent was to literally put this as a blog post on the betterpodcasting.com website, which is why I formatted the way I did. I mean, the original the original original was to get it out to the uh, friend of the former co-host that wants to podcast. But I was like, a lot of other people are going to want this. So I formulated it in terms of a blog post, but okay. So you bring it up. I might consider that. I might consider selling it for
1: just paywall <sighs> sections, you know, do the thing where, where you see the first dollars. sentence and then, and then and yeah, have to click then pay for, to
0: release <laughs> for $500. You can have this paragraph. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I also want to... uh, This is just a first draft. I know our listeners are like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, I have a draft, a seven-page draft is what this is right now. Uh, I want to go back and I want to fill it out. So... I guess the next question, the first question was, do these make sense? And does the order make sense? The next question is, did I forget anything? Especially if we're going to put this mm-hmm. on the better podcasting side, I want to make sure that you're okay with it. Or if you want to make your own, you can make your own too, but I don't think you have the time for that.
1: I do not. And usually you and I are very, very similarly aligned. We're not, we've, you know, people who've listened to the show. No, we're not always, you know, always in agreement on things, but we, we do think a lot of the same way. So, um, I'm, again, very impressed with what you've got in here, especially the part where you have that paragraph that you neglected to read out where you said, avoid Canadians at all costs. That was that was impressive. It's 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 in the first paragraph. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's right there. I even name you.
0: (laughs) For God's sake, if somebody named Stephen from Canada wants to podcast with you, don't uh, yeah. Uh, so if there's anything, listeners, because uh, I know a lot of you know a lot about podcasting as well, Stephen, if any of you think that there's something else that needs to be in here that is not, please let me know. And I will endeavor to at least make this put maybe the next draft link in our discord server. So people that can come there can, can see it. Uh, I, I think that is really apropos for our audience and then uh, we'll just take it from there. But uh, I think it's going to be helpful to some people if it's made public. So, you know, just let me know. And I'm pretty sure there's I'm going to find stuff. I'm going to let this sit a couple more days because I did spend like, I don't know, six hours or so actually writing this. I spent a lot of time, <laughs> you know, you know, when you're in a meeting at work and you're like, <laughs> oh my God say no more. I just wish this is over. I actually had a separate pad and I was like writing down this outline as I was going through days and days of meetings with that. I don't have my phone with me at work. I don't, you know, I, I can't, I don't have a computer screen in front of me. So uh, I was doing this and I was going home and I was sleeping on it and thinking about uh, the outline. So I'm pretty sure there's other things that should be in here or maybe maybe a, a different order. I, I can be convinced of that. So let me know and I will redraft it and I will put the link on our uh, Discord server and then we'll probably pin the post after it's there. So, you know, at least that can be on the uh, the Discord server. And then ultimately, uh, m- maybe I'll put it for sale. Uh, maybe I will just put it on a blog post because that was my original intent. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes and. Thank you. Thank you for your
1: feedback here,
0: because I know you weren't expecting this at all. No, I
1: wasn't. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you. But this is the type of conversation that I missed so much last week. So go on (laughs) over to betterpodcasting.com. Find all of our confirmation over there. There's a contact page. You can find all of our different socials and keep your eyes over there, because this may go up in a blog post or maybe it will just be a big money symbol to pay SP.
0: Just turn it into gold platinum or uh, platinum. What What is the, What is the frangate? What do they use? They, they like
1: gold pressed latinum. Yeah. Gold plus latinum. So there you go. Well, that's going to go ahead and bring us towards the end of the show. But hey, if you've got suggestions to talk about on this show, please let us know. Come on over to our Discord or email us or wherever you can find us. Let us know what's on your mind in podcasting. We always love to hear from you, the listener and viewer. And hey, if you are also into geeky content, you should definitely check out the Gunna Geek Network. It is at gunnageek.com. And we have the official Gunna Geek show. If all goes well, we should hopefully be recording this coming Monday, the 30th, on Better Pod, on Gunna Geek, <laughs> on Gonna Geek, not Better Podcasting, which would be on the Wednesday, on the 1st, which will be the day after Halloween. So you can just expect sp and i'd be eating leftover candy the entire show
0: oh it'll be gone by then okay fair enough
1: (laughs) so for episode number 68 of better podcasting live chat i'm steven saying thanks to everybody who listens and watches the show always love to hear from you
0: and msp saying it's good to be back thank you very much steven for taking the reins last week we'll see everybody next time bye Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.